Greetings academics and welcome to New Perspective. For this episode I had a conversation with one of the most open-minded recruiters out there. As job seekers our view on hiring process is very often biased and very biased. And there are many reasons for it. So my hope that after listening to what Arthur has to say your understanding of this hiring game will improve. Hello Arthur. Thank you for coming by. So let's start. Tell us who you are, what you're doing and why. Yes, so first of all, thanks for the invite. I've been in touch for a while on LinkedIn and uh, looking forward for the talk today. Yes, I'm I'm Arthur, uh, Arthur Reich, um, recruiter at Böhringer Engelheim here in uh, Biberach in southern Germany. I am here mainly responsible for yeah, research-related positions at, at Böhringer. So mainly I am in charge of really heavy science <laughs> positions. I, I do not <laughs> understand that much, <laughs> of course, because I'm an economic, but I try to learn. That's why I also enjoy to reach out to people like you at the end. Job seekers have thousands of questions. Let's start kind of from the beginning. That means you're recruiting for science positions. So let's say after master or MSc, PhD or postdocs, there are lots of experts out there providing services for perfect CV, wonderful cover letters, I don't know, magic applications like you're applying 100%, you will get this job. What do you think about it? It is a good thing to start with. Yeah, because I, of, of course, at some point, I also started somewhere with applications and you just read that. You you just read this counselors on, on giving you ideas how to write an application. I think it's it's good to understand how the game is told to be played because then you understand what is somehow a certain standard for, for also the other sides who's receiving it. Well, what do they, the other also think that they want at the end? And so it's cover letter, it's it's CV. In my personal point of view, you shouldn't blindfolded follow that because it's a matter of how many people are using these formats, right? Because at the end, if every application is looking the same, then you just have to look at certain things that you are looking for, which is, of course, great. For example, a cover letter, if it's written like it's told, it can be very great, but it can be also very generic. And I'm aware why. Because uh, you, you write a lot of them and just sometimes write them and get a rejection short afterward and you invested a lot, whole lot of money, uh, time in that and you just um, do not understand where to do so. So... I personally just need a great CV. So just my personal opinion. If, if the CV is, is good, and for me, what does mean means good? Good is probably also not one CV for every position. For every position, one CV, actually. So you just yeah. customize it for the role because there's always task in a job you apply for you maybe already did somehow. And I and also hiring managers, 
we would need to see that if you just write um, your stations or you write everything you've done, then, then it's lost in translations, too much information. So think about the reader because he's the one who will try to understand what, you, what you've what you been done, doing so far and if it's a match for the job. Time to time, I'm getting also like over LinkedIn, people reach, on LinkedIn, people reaching out like I have amazing academic career in in academia and now I'm getting only rejections. My way of answering or like writing cover cover letter or starting at least it print out this job opening and just write under every I don't know, requirement or responsibility what you did in your past. Based on that, just write your cover letter and C V. Could be could be an idea. I, I, what you try to ask me is what could be a perfect CV or a perfect application you just send, and I I think there is no such thing as a perfect application. Yeah. Sure. Because there are so many things coming together at the end. Is your background really the right one for the position? First question. So there could be a difference between what you see as perfect fit and what the what the company is seeing as perfect fit. But Every job description is, of course, trying to to narrow it down to the most important task. At the end, still, there could be some others because it can't be like 20 sites long, right? So mm. you need to shorten it down to the most important, to the most interesting ones also because, of course, you want to attract people. So in that case, it could mean you, you maybe just didn't do the right thing and and this could be a mismatch. Second thing is, I think everybody, every person tends to be biased. Talking about biases <laughs> from I both think, sides. I think it's just human, actually. So, so yeah. And at the end, you could be biased because of the way it is written down. And it's also completely normal. That's why you need to make it easy for everybody who's reading it, by, but still holding the standards. So I see also... Um, CVs at the end also fully packed with information overloading for the eye and it's great that everybody's doing so much and has the experience in so many things it's it's good if you have it but make it easy for the the rest uh, to read at the end it's you you won't read a long texty text mm -hmm. if you do not have really the high interest because of something that catched your eye for example Right. Yeah. And that's the same here. So no, do not put any pictures in it, like unicorns or whatever. <laughs> but uh, try to think from from the reader's way. I think this could be also an idea that could could be something that looks different. Yeah. Will will have an application that could be um, something special at the end in regards to all the others. So be courageous, maybe sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think just experimenting with CV, like format, not just putting everything on the same form in, in different, I don't know, words and phrases. Because something may work, something not, and sticking to what's not working, it's like definition of being crazy. Yeah, so, so coming back to your first question, what do I think about this counselor of, of maybe of templates of CVs and cover letters, I would say 
it's a good idea to understand what should be in it at somehow. But then at, from that point on, if you understood it, you can change it for yourself and really building this up for uh, to, to be also unique in your way. It is the first impression from yourself and your experience and your interest to somebody who does not know you yet. With every first impression, there there could be the chance where you could um, leave a great one if you think from the reader's side, actually. And it's not only to have all the bullets in that, that is our, in the job descriptions. It's more of to understand, okay, I did not do exactly the same but I had a similar project which was running like this and that. And I think the skill set you're seeking here could be the same from my point of view. For Just for example, make that easy for the eye is, is I think, the great miracle you can do with the CV. Yeah. I do Always not read personally, read. I like. Yeah. That's, that would be also my point, yeah. Even like if I think if you may like this CV, you're giving it to hiring manager and he's like trash. We're all human. We love like one thing, other likes different and you never know at the end. It's always game. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's always, unfortunately, I have to say, it's always also a little bit of luck if you, if you write the right thing to the right person. But if you have the requirements for a job and if you are able to state them properly in your CV, then most of the time there should be if if you're not like applying for something way above your level or way or way underneath because it's also the same then most of the times you should get a chance but if not maybe it's not because of your application it's maybe just because there were five just a little slightly stronger from the paper and you were the sixth one <laughs> so, yeah and you cannot talk always with six people because of course you have to think it's not personal. That that's also one thing I I want to share. Keep keep going. Keep uh, iterating it and try trying maybe changing something. Doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome is also some kind of madness. Yeah, it's also human nature when you like everybody wants to have like great job at a big company all set and everybody wants it right away after like first position i will go i don't know at pfizer during bisf working as senior scientist or and will be making great money doing great job making great impact for many it's not how things are working and will work gaining getting maybe bit more experience in maybe smaller company and then already with that experience it will be much easier to go to big players and maybe you will laugh just at this small company you wouldn't even consider going somewhere else especially now my my impression in germany so many startups in life science in natural sciences and of course, all these uh, apps and so on. It's just crazy. Friend of mine through LinkedIn, she got just offered position at a startup and she loves it. He described it how she was like talking with CEO of this startup about her like private life, how her private life maybe 
affecting her work and he was like no worries do your work if something problems issues troubles will come up just tell me <laughs> everything is said i don't think he will be looking for another job if you have like this relationship with someone trusting relationship i think you will stay for a long time there at least is that this is i think this is the magic about startups it could be like that if, if you really have a driven ceo and and he's really understanding it's not only not only my business that needs to be running but uh, actually it's my my employees who are running my business and it, this is a very interesting setup but nevertheless i'm sure if if your friend also came from academia before there there should be changes i i had an interview with a, a candidate also coming from academia having having a interesting background in academia already in a certain topic and uh, then switched really to a startup area and and he said okay f even there there was a change for me yeah although startups are most of the time with more freedom because they're yeah. not so in big structures nevertheless out of a sudden they had to think about economic things so really is it is it worth going for 80% of correctness or can we stay with maybe first of all the first iteration of 20% and then look is it helping somehow and then uh, just improving with another iteration this is something he 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 told me i i need to learn to let go for for the 100% because in my academic uh, academic experience i always wanted to have the perfect answer for a question and here just one answer and a trial uh, would be sufficient for some things not for all but for some things and then deciding together from a, from an econ economic perspective is it useful to take the net next step or not and i think this is an important learning you can learn in in any economic driven company i would say this is so yes it could be a good idea to first look at smaller companies uh, maybe you find your love there at some point and stay in it forever because if you then come back or go to a big a big industry you also see that things here could be different everything is structured everything has a process hopefully and this is also a a thing you you need to learn to to operate in right because with much freedom before now you probably have most of the time more restrictions than before and mm -hmm. and the ability to let go i think that's something that's the biggest difference from my perspective i never been in, in in a wet lab or whatever but from my perspective this could this could be something you need to learn and have the right mindset to um, you can learn that also in smaller companies and get very interesting experience um, that could be useful for your future career wherever so i also came com came from a smaller company actually and learned a lot for my for my work life actually and 
most of it I can use also in my position now being in these bigger structures. But nevertheless, I'm here one and a half years, started 1st of July 2019, and I'm still learning. I, I, I do not finish learning to understand how we are built up, how we are structured, who to ask what. And it's always great, great to have just an expert internally who you can ask for different topics. But for me, it was... I was tending to solve everything myself. And at some point, everybody told me, why? <laughs> why you fo why focus, yeah, focus on, on, on that part of the job and delegate and talk to colleagues who are knowing better in that topic than you are because that's why they are here. We are a team all together. And I needed to take a step back and to, to understand okay, it could also be an advantage to not do everything by yourself, but you need to have let go, right? You need to have the trust for the other person to doing it very good. And and I think you can you can learn that also in smaller companies, of course, but but this should be different here. That's that's maybe yeah. one difference. Yeah, smaller companies, I would say, they probably more, if you find the right one, they more, I don't know, like in, intimate mm -hmm. because you have, let's say, 40 people, 100 people, and you will be close only who is working with you. And you will be doing much more different things at the bigger company you're concentrating on solely on very specific things yeah as you as you mentioned it's crazy I, I came from a company where i think when i left we were 12 people and came to a team with over 20 so the team i came in was was larger than than the whole company before wow and this, of course, already the team is structured differently. It is an, a different way of working. Tell me for which positions, if let's say master can apply at Beringer, how these positions are named? Like trainee or junior or something? This this could be a fit. So, so to be very honest, um, I... I really, in my, in my um, field, I'm mainly looking for uh, PhD backgrounds. This is not always uh, the way I would see it, but at the end, you're looking for specific skills, for example, like, like you in chemistry with, with to a certain topic driven probably by a PhD, right? And that's why... It's hard for me to tell where to jump in or with maybe a master. Like technicians, something like this. This is something I, I've been searching for. This could be uh, to a certain level uh, something that could be interested interesting for uh, for masters. It's sometimes also interesting for um, for PhDs, of course. Um, I also met some who are saying all this other science work and what is what is our scientist is not what I want to do. I want to be in the wet lab. I love it. It's having 
set yeah. up this essays using these methods and I just want to be like that. Can I? I know I have a PhD and, and then maybe I'm overqualified, but I just like that. And we still nevertheless, of course, hired that person. And it could be it could be the same with masters for, for other roles of scientists uh, where you still can jump in, of course. So it's no no rule of having a PhD, definitely. But here in that case, it, it is helpful because of the special knowledge you need. But you can, of course, mm -hmm. learn it by just experience, right? And mm -hmm. master's is really hard. If I think about the last one and a half years and I think 200 people that, that I hired, it was not wow. so much of, of master's. <laughs> okay, then PhD or postdocs, what, what they can look for which position they can check because some of position of course they are meant for people with industrial experience there's almost every time a hint in the requirements and and you just need to really take it for granted what is standing there so for example mm -hmm. if there is standing this and that um academic background, whatever, PhD or not, and a special knowledge here, first pharmaceutical experience is a plus, for example. This could be something we say, okay, it's not needed. It could be beneficial. And if we find somebody with, I don't know, the first two or three years with industry experience, yeah. that's the one we would definitely look closer at for, for just some reasons. But nevertheless, uh, you, you still think about um, freshmen, fresh from academia, transitioning to industry, right? There's always the question, and I also get this a lot. Okay, I'm fresh out of PhD. That's the best to understand. Yes, to, you look for the starter positions. But what if I had some postdocs experience already? I've been scientist for four years. How is that to put in perspective? And this is very hard to tell, but in general, so it's really depending. And what are you? Have you been doing? Is it really something that specific that we need? Then you can take it into account a little differently. And not the only thing. How is the position itself, right? So, if if you have mm -hmm. the chance um, to be more flexible because of team structures, you we are always being flexible. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just not possible because you cannot take this extra person uh, who you have to teach at some point things you already have to teach to to many people in a team. So you need some, I would say, solid person jump in and and if there is standing in this requirements industry or or first industry experience or many or several years or this. This is the point where you just see, okay, this is probably something where we mean industry experience. Yeah. And there is even something sometimes you write or industry close experience. So if you're working in, in academia with industrial projects, there's also things like that that do happen. Yeah, that's an option. This this can take to be an account if it's a direction that is needed. But the big, big thing here for me is to, to put it more general or saying it like a lawyer would do, 
it depends hardly on many other things also. So it could be one position is stating we need industry experience and nevertheless we hire somebody fresh from academia. Then probably we do have the opportunity to do so. Maybe this specific knowledge that this person is having we want in our team. And then you'd go the way you, you invest the time. So for every for every possible solution, there is always an expectation and exception. And yeah, exception. Yeah. Yes, I agree because I have yeah unrelated but similar example. Yeah, German saying like German market wants to so you will be able to speak German and smaller company, the more vital this requirement is. Nevertheless, I have a friend. She found a position at great small company in Germany and she speaks only English. Yeah, this is kind of related what you told just right now because of her some specific knowledge this company was looking for. They hired her. I remember she was like, oh, it's it's so calm here. Only one guy can speak English here. So I am like always chilled out. I, I, I can understand why companies tend to write their job ads in, in German, for example. In the field of science, I, I do not see it as, for example, the right way. For me, it's a simple math, right? So how many people on the whole in the whole world are talking German? I, I, I heard it was 1% or something. If you write your job ad in German, you exclude exclude 99% yeah. of potential candidates. And this, this is for me for certain roles just not acceptable so why why is it in german why not to have it in 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 english because probably somebody on on from that field if academia if you're in academia and being there a phd or or just being in studies in in natural science you mostly or most of the time had this english experience already because it's very international so why not writing it in English? Because even masters or bachelors should be able to, to read and speak English. Yeah, I think talking about science, when I had my bachelor students at the university, they were like, no problem. They were presenting the, I don't know, research during seminars in English. And yeah, excluding people, I I agree actually because Germany, it's especially in chemistry. Okay, in my field in chemistry, it's like German heritage is chemistry. Also on LinkedIn, many many people like struggling with it. Here they say in requirements, German level C one, and I just got B one, and this is, I fear this is the reason why they rejected me. It should be more open-minded, probably. Yes, I would definitely say it. I, I don't, I don't know why it is like that. I think uh, I really have to remember hardly when I had my last German job posting. No, just recently, a pharmacist we are looking for, but here we decided for that. Um, because the German market is very big, not because it's a requirement to speak German. It was just a 
closest way also maybe to have someone from the area, which was also important for us for, for just a quick win. And mm, okay. if it's part of a recruiting strategy, it could be an idea to do so. But generally speaking, writing the job at only in, in German just takes away opportunities if it's just by default like that. So if, you, if you're doing it because it has a reason, a concrete, very yeah. specific reason for the company, it's always great to do it. If you sometimes you need to introduce somebody like like your friend to a company who only speaks English to also maybe get this team out of a comfort zone, and this could kick in so much diversity experts uh, um, aspects for them that this only can be probably grown on that. Of course, after maybe some struggles, like always when a little change is coming. Yeah. Nevertheless, I think at the end it could be growing altogether because I think that point is is very important for for a team having it just diverse by any thinkable yeah. aspect here. Yeah. This was a first part of our talk with Arthur Reich, recruiter from Beringer Ingelheim. Hopefully you got some ideas and new insights. For example, while writing your CV, try to look at it from the reader's perspective and don't apply for positions way below or above your level. There are always hints in the job description about it. Until the next one and stay safe.